Good evening, guys. Welcome to episode 43 of the Christopher Anastasio podcast. It is Thursday, October 22nd, 2020, and as we limp into another weekend, (laughs) a lot of stuff going on this week. Uh, It was difficult for me to get to uh, record any sooner this week. Uh, You know, I was shooting for two to three episodes a week, so I'll have to squeeze in uh, the episode today and hopefully get one in tomorrow uh, in order to hit that goal. But anyway, guys, I don't want to take too much time today. got to kind of keep it moving, but... I did want to stop and reflect for a moment on the news that I I believe hit yesterday or may have been the night before yesterday and then yesterday kind of snowballed a little bit. Um, I think I have those dates right. But anyway, it was the news that that 50 Cent, uh, the uh, hip-hop artist, was basically endorsing in a left-handed sort of way <laughs> Donald Trump for president because uh, in certain states in, in New York City, so California, New Jersey, New York, and New York City, uh, taxpayers earning more than $400,000 a year would face a combined federal plus state plus local uh, income tax rate of more than 60%. Okay, and I think the exact numbers they broke down were when you added it all up, you know, fed, state, local, California was 62.6%, um, New Jersey was 60%, New York State was 58%, but if you lived in New York City, in one of the five boroughs of New York City, it was 62% even. So, I mean, just, you know, certainly eye-popping, brutal numbers. I mean, if you, you know, if you're a wage-earning W-2 employee who makes over $400,000 a year, so, you know, if you're a, a, a doctor... Uh, at a hospital, you know, you get a W-2. If you're a lawyer, you get a W-2. If you're, you know, very high-priced engineer, architect, get a W-2 from a company. You know, these are the, the rates you would face in those high-tax states, okay? So, um, you know, so, so anyway, so 50 Cent pointed this out. He had a screenshot of the, I believe it was on CNBC, and he screenshotted um, the um, the numbers that they listed on the screen, and he said something like, you know, uh, hey, I know President Trump doesn't like black people, but I don't care. Sixty two percent, you got to be out of your mind, you know. Um, you know, th- you know, we got to vote for Donald Trump. You know, something like that. I mean, I did not get it exactly right by any means, but that was the message that um, his vote, fifty cents vote, would be based upon the fact that the tax rates were just mind bogglingly high. Uh, for those high-tax states and for those high high earners. Now, a couple thoughts here, guys, and I, and again, I'm kind of jumping into this podcast. I don't, you know, I usually try to organize the thoughts a little bit better than you'll probably hear them on this one, but just sort of off the top of my head. Um, number one, if you make $400,000 in New York City, you are definitely not poor, okay? Let me be very clear about that. I mean, you are not starving, um, you have plenty of food, you know, plenty of uh, disposable income, you know, to handle the life necessities that are thrown at you and and have some left over for sure. But I would argue that somebody making $400,000 in New York City is nowhere near being comfortably wealthy or rich. I mean, that's a person who's probably working 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week uh, just grinding their, their rear end off in New York City. I mean... You know what I mean? If you've ever been to New York City or, you know, tried to spend the day there, uh, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it is an incredibly expensive place to live. I mean, 
you know, a, a one-bedroom apartment that's really nice in New York City would probably be, I mean, I'm totally taking a guess here, but it would probably be at least four grand a month. I mean, maybe maybe higher. Okay. So anyway, um, it, it's kind of, you know, the 400000 is sort of arbitrary. I think I know where it comes from, and it's, it's, an, it's a rounded-off representation of what is now con- what you now and this this number moves around a little bit obviously but right now you're in the top one percent of earners in this country if you earn four hundred and twenty one thousand dollars a year I, I think it was four twenty one might be four twelve I might have the one and the two reverse but I think it's four twenty one so if you earn four hundred twenty one thousand dollars or more you are you know in a room of a hundred people you would be the top earner okay. So I think they picked 400,000 because, first of all, it's a round number. People can remember that. But it's very close to the top 1% number. Okay. So anyway, um, when, when I saw that 50 Cent said this, the thing that really popped out at me was that he was concerned about it. And, and I'm not saying he definitely was concerned. I mean, maybe he was being funny. You know, maybe he didn't mean it. I mean... You know, maybe he was being tongue-in-cheek. I mean, who knows what his real intent was behind that? I mean, maybe it was a statement of fact. I mean, maybe it was a political statement of fact that he is going to vote for Donald Trump because of the high tax rates. I mean, I'm not disqualifying that possibility. But I, I, I kind of stopped for a second. And I was like, why would somebody like 50 Cent, who has the kind of money he has, be paying any tax? You know, or any, any substantial amount of tax anywhere close to 50 or 60%. Right, and if you guys recall, um, episode twenty uh, back in I think it was July, um, I did the episode about buy, borrow, die, and the title of that episode title of that episode was something like, "But you know, why rich people never have to pay taxes?" And I mean, that's not a joke of a title. I mean, that's that's kind of a you know that's a fact. You know, very wealthy people shouldn't be paying much tax at all. They can pay people who have studied and learned the tax code and can implement, uh, you know, procedures and, and um, you know, mechanisms that allow them to avoid the bulk of that tax. Or they can, you know, at the same time, they can also make certain investments that, that present tax advantages that lower their taxes. I mean, if you're, and I'm not talking about the top 1% here, the top 1% that make over $400,000 a year, there's a lot of W-2 wage earners in there. A lot of doctors, lawyers, architects, engineers, you know, there's a lot of people in that 400,000 band that are getting W-2s and don't have uh, these strategies available to them. But I would say if you're in the top 0.1, you know, something along those lines, right? In fact, if, let, let's just do a little Google search here, top 0.1% income. Uh, yeah, if you're in the top 0.1%, you're making about $1.6 million a year minimum, Okay. And if you're zero one, okay, if you're a hundredth of a percent, that's 8.3 million, okay? And that's just the threshold. The average income, and this is probably the better number, the average income of the top 0.01% is $26 million, okay? So actually, what's the average on 0.1? Um, yeah, they don't say it as easily. Well, we know it's less than $26 million. $26 million is 0.01. So anyway, bottom line is if you're in that group of people, you have a lot more wherewithal, resources, knowledge, tools at your disposal 
to lower your taxes or eliminate them altogether. I mean, you know, a la Donald, Donald Trump, you know, with the real estate losses, real estate professional status, you know, that I talked about uh, several episodes ago. So, and, and, and if nothing else, you know, you have the buy, borrow, die strategy. Okay. And just to go over that again real quick, guys, because I, because when I saw the 50 cent thing, first of all, I, I, I answered his post on Instagram. I didn't DM him. I think if I DM'd him and he saw it, he'd probably, you know, get me blocked or whatever, and then I'll, I'll lose my whole account. But, but in the comment section, I wrote, Hey, 50 cent, you shouldn't be paying these tax rates. Like, you know, there's a strategy called buy, borrow, die, you know, you know, you should look into that, uh, you know, buy an asset, borrow against the gain, hand off the, the, the uh, assets tax-free to your heirs, and they'll pay off the debt. You know, like, you know, so I'll go through that a little bit slower here in a second. But anyway, I told him that, of course, didn't get a response. In fact, nobody responded to the comment, which kind of surprised me. I thought some person would see that comment on Instagram and be like, ah, you know, you know, <laughs> you know eat the rich or whatever. You know, I thought somebody was going to blast me for suggesting that, but nothing, I mean, nothing came of it. So that was one thing I did. I went over to Twitter which is actually where I first saw it, and it was trending over there. And I was like, okay, let me jump into a couple people's threads who were very upset about this. We're very upset with 50 Cent for saying this. Okay. And I basically jumped in those threads, and I replied to those, those tweets. And I said, you know, whomever I was re- addressing, I was like, hey, so-and-so. I'm like, don't focus on this. Just Just know that you know, wealthy people like 50 Cent, they don't need to pay any tax or they don't have to pay much tax at all. And here you can listen to my podcast and learn more about it. Episode 20, you know, buy, borrow, die, why rich people never have to pay taxes. So I threw that podcast out there like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, something like that. I mean, I, I tried to push it out there a little bit for, uh, for a few different threads that I jumped into. And surprisingly, I noticed that it got a bunch of plays. I mean, I think, I think when I put it out there, it had 20 plays. And by the time the day was done, it had 27. So seven people listened to it, okay, which was seven more than I thought were going to listen to it. So whoever those seven people are, I really appreciate it. Of course, uh, episode 20 was recorded uh, outdoors. So yes, there are birds chirping. And yes, there was an Amazon delivery van uh, playing music nearby at one point. So... Unfortunately, it wasn't recorded in the best environment, um, and and so I kind of regret that a little bit. I mean, I wish it was more like this in a more studio-like setting uh, where there's, there's the appropriate amount of quiet and so forth. But anyway, that's an aside. The point is um, I pushed that episode out there because I really want people to understand this. I, And it's not because I want to influence you one way or the other. I'm not telling you, hey, buy, borrow, die is great. You know, let's let rich people do it forever. And I'm not trying to say, hey, buy, borrow, die is evil and it needs to be changed. The the intent of me telling you guys this is I want you to, when you hear people talk about this, like 50 Cent did when he texted or, you know, tweeted out this uh, or posted the IG, uh, this this, um, news item about the tax rates, or you hear one of the president, you know, presidential candidates talking about taxes or talking about rich people paying taxes, I want you to be able to see through it, Okay. And trust me, it happens on both sides. I mean, this is not this is not an issue just, you know, one party focuses on. I mean, both sides have referenced the very, very wealthy, the very, very elite in this country and how much they pay. And it's it's an issue all across the board. Okay, and how much should they be paying? And, you know, how much more should we get from them? You know, so I want you guys to understand when that topic comes up, there's an entire elephant in the room 
that is not being addressed. And to this day, I, I can't decide if it's because our politicians know about it and they don't want to say it. They don't want to reveal this. They don't want to. They don't want to address it. So they just act like, yeah, we can raise taxes on the wealthy, blah blah blah, even knowing that it's not going to make a difference. Or if they're just dumb and they just don't know. They just, you know, I mean, I, I mean, in fairness, they're not. They're not. You know, not every congressman or congresswoman is a financial guru or you know pays attention to all this stuff. I mean, they come from different backgrounds. They come from different disciplines, work wise or whatever. So I can't sit here and say that I expect them all to know this stuff in depth, but it does surprise me a little bit that, you know, if you were to say, hey, there's, there are elected Congress persons in our country who don't know that very wealthy people don't have to pay tax. They, they can go right around the law using buy, borrow, die. So what is buy, borrow, die? If you haven't heard episode 20 or you haven't seen it uh, on some of my other material that I posted, here's the basic concept. Again, the wealthier you are, the better this works. And it works better because the numbers are bigger, obviously, and you get more favorable, frictionless treatment from banks and other lenders, okay? All right, so buy. That's the first step. So you have to buy assets. You have to buy stuff that is probably going to appreciate in value, that you're pretty sure is going to appreciate in value. I mean, and we're talking about stuff you hold for a long time. I'm not talking about you bought a stock on Monday and you expect it to appreciate by Friday. I mean stuff you buy and you intend to hold it for decades, okay? <laughs> so we're talking about lots of stocks or stock options, um, you, know, um, you know, that like executives get at companies and stuff like that. Uh, we're talking about, you know, real estate that doesn't necessarily produce cash flow, you know, like large tracts of land or, you know, something along those lines. Uh, could be life insurance. It could be like whole life insurance where you're buying, you're, you're funding these massive life insurance policies for tens of millions of dollars and then you're borrowing against the policies. Okay, so so basically you're buying an asset or assets, I'm, I'm sure it's plural in most wealthy people's cases, but you're buying assets that appreciate over time and create what would be, if you sold it, a capital gain. Okay, so you, you, know, you would have bought the asset now 20 years from now, it's gone up in value. If you sold it, you would pocket X amount of dollars, right, for the amount that it went up. But here's the key part. You don't sell it. If you sell it, you have to pay taxes. You have to pay capital gains taxes. So what you do is you buy it, you hold it, it's appreciating in value, you go to a lender, you go to a bank, and you say, hey, bank, uh, and when we use the guy who used to own the Dodgers as an example, Frank McCourt. Frank McCourt and his wife had a very ugly divorce about 10 years ago. They divested themselves of the team, but they own the L.A. Dodgers for I don't know how long. But the L.A. Dodgers were valued at, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, I think they're valued in the low billions right now, right? So they go to the bank and they say, hey, guys, we own an asset. That asset is a Major League Baseball team based in Los Angeles called the Los Angeles Dodgers. They're worth about a billion dollars. Give us a loan for a hundred million, Right? And the bank says, yeah, why not? You know, here's your $100 million if you don't pay it back, you know, whenever. I mean, if you don't pay it back now or later or 25 years from now, or who, who knows? Who cares? We'll take your asset. We'll take the L.A. Dodgers. <laughs> okay, So, you know, and obviously I'm kind of somewhat simplifying this, but this is not far from the truth in terms of how this works, right? So you bought your asset. You have that asset on your balance sheet and your financial statements. You go to the bank, you show them the assets, and they give you a loan against them. 
And the and, and what you what you really want to be doing is you want to be borrowing against how much the asset gained, right? You don't want to cut into the principal. So for example, if you have a hundred million dollar asset and it gained fifty million, you don't want to borrow any more than fifty million, right? You want to stay in the lane of that of that capital gain that's that's been accruing on paper, right? You haven't sold it, you haven't triggered the, the capital gain tax yet, but it's been gaining on paper. And you take that gain and you go to the bank and you say, hey, my, my asset's gone up by this much. Give me a loan for somewhere between zero and that money, you know, whatever that, that, that paper gain is so far, right? So you borrow against the gain. You live off that loan tax-free because a loan is not income. A loan has to be paid back. So it cannot be classified as income no matter how badly we might want to call it that. It isn't that because it has to be paid back, Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so, a wealthy person has their asset, borrows against it, gets the tax-free cash, lives very high on the hog on the tax-free cash. Eventually, somewhere down the line, this is the part that I get a little fuzzy on. The loan gets paid back. Now, whether it gets paid back by the wealthy person who borrowed it by making certain payments against it along the way. Or it doesn't get paid back until the wealthy person dies. I'm not 100% sure. But the bottom line is eventually, as the asset has accumulated over time and that wealthy person passes away and they pass it on to their heirs, there's a thing called stepped-up basis. Okay, so this is the die part of buy, borrow, die. This thing called stepped-up basis, which says when they hand off those assets to their heirs, those assets take on the present-day market value. So it's as if they haven't gained a dollar. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, when those, when those heirs inherit those assets, it's not like somebody says, well, what, was, what were those assets purchased for, you know, 5, 10, 20, 25 years ago? That doesn't matter what they were purchased for. Those assets are marked to the market value when the heirs take possession of them so therefore, they could sell those assets, pay zero tax on the sale, and pay off the debt, you see? Or they can liquidate some of it, pay off the debt, start over again, use the assets that are remaining, do buy, borrow, die with those assets, or who knows? Maybe there's some other mechanism they have in place to pay off the debt at that point in time. But the bank is secure because the bank knows that that wealthy person who borrowed that $50 million or $100 million or $25 million or whatever – has enough assets on hand to settle the debt at some point in time. Whether they settle it in a year or five years or 50 years, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the bank, of course, is collecting interest, so they don't really care. I mean, they're making more money the longer the loan is outstanding. It's almost a better deal for them to let the loan be outstanding for a long time. And so everybody wins in that scenario, right? The bank gets their cash, they get their interest. Uh, the wealthy person lives tax-free. The heirs get the assets tax-free when the stepped-up basis kicks in, you know, in the die portion of buy, borrow, die. And that's it. Everybody walks away a winner, okay, except for the IRS that didn't get any, <laughs> that didn't get any tax from that situation, right? So anyway, you know, I don't get too bogged down in buy, borrow, die, guys. I mean, obviously, I've done another whole podcast about it. We just went through it for the last five or six minutes. The key thing is there is no reason that any wealthy person in this country should be worried about Joe Biden's tax plan. The people who should be worried about it are earning the $400,000, you know, $500,000, $700,000, $900,000, you know, some number like that on a W-2. 
If you're earning wages like that on a W-2, you are going to get crushed by a number by a number like this. I mean, basically, if you're, I mean, let's just do a quick calculation here. How long would you have to work to um, to 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 pay off the sixty two percent in tax? So if you have a three hundred sixty five day year times 0.62, you have to work two hundred and twenty six days before you earn a dollar for yourself. So two hundred and twenty six divided by um, thirty, you have to work seven and a half months to to start earning money for yourself. So theoretically, let's say you're let's say you're a doctor who makes four hundred thousand dollars a year and you live in California. You have to work until August fifteenth before you earn a dollar. I mean, that's pretty incredible. I mean, like, I don't know if twelve years of medical school is worth that. I don't know. I mean, it's just my personal opinion. I'm not trying to tell you this tax plan is right or wrong, uh, or you should support it or not support it. My personal opinion is I would not go to school for twelve years so that I have to work till August 15th to earn a dollar. I just won't do it. Uh, but that's a personal choice. So anyway, I just want you guys to understand when you see this kind of story, when you see these kind of numbers, know who it really affects. It does not affect the billionaire next door. It affects the lawyer next door, the doctor next door, the architect next door, okay? The cybersecurity engineer hacker wizard next door, okay? <laughs> But not the billionaire, not the, you know, hundreds of millionaire, okay, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, okay. So anyway, and, and again, I was just taken aback that 50 Cent was even worried about it. That's why I almost feel like he was joking because, you know, if he's not joking, he needs a new tax advisor. I mean, seriously, like, I mean, if you're listening 50 Cent and you're paying 50, 60% tax on the money you have, then you absolutely need to fire your tax advisors, I mean, I'm not even, you know, and hey, if, you're t- if your tax advisor's listening, I'm sorry, but you should be fired uh, because there's no reason 50 cents should be paying that much money in taxes. So anyway, guys, one other thought as we wrap this up kind of has to do with it in some ways, but I would encourage you guys to go back and listen to episode 42, which is Triple Threat Limited Partnership which is all about a particular corporate structure. Actually, it's three entities kludged together, you know, kind of fit together as a puzzle, a set of puzzle pieces. Um, and it talks about a corporate structure that is extremely tax favorable, is extremely tax friendly. Um, and really, like, it's the kind of thing somebody like 50 Cent should be doing, okay? I mean, just to be honest with you, I mean, if, you, if you're wealthy and you have a lot of money, you should have something like the Triple Threat Limited Partnership working in your favor, reducing your taxes, okay? But anyway, bottom line is, I think I mentioned in that episode to you guys, I actually reached out to the law firm in Houston, Texas, or actually I think it's Bryan, Texas. Um, I reached out to that law firm that created that white paper that I, that I did that episode from, and I said, hey, I got a bunch of questions about this and all this stuff, and uh, I wrote that last Thursday the 15th, and yesterday I got a response from Adam Potter, the head of Potter Law LLLP, um, and uh, he was very kind enough to answer my questions, very clear answers. I mean, I think one of them, he said we should talk more about this, uh, but, but he gave very straightforward, easy-to-digest answers to those questions, and he invited me to, to, to give them a call and just do you know, a strategy session with them. And so I'm very curious about it. I don't know if it can help me or not with what I do corporately, 
Uh, it may not be appropriate for me, but I do want to give him a call and just kind of talk through it and see what he thinks uh, with regard to my you know consulting LLC, my e-commerce one, and of course the real estate structure that my partner and I have in place. I just need to kind of show him what I'm doing and say, hey, do I fit this this model? Can this be done uh, effectively for me? Is it really going to make a difference for me? But the bottom line, guys, is those types of entity strategies, maybe not exactly that one, but things like that are the way that people who are in the top 0.1, that's how they avoid this mess, okay? <laughs> that's how they don't have to worry when President-elect Biden or, you know, you know, presidential candidate Biden says, I'm going to raise taxes to 62% on high earners. A billionaire is not a high earner, quote unquote. They don't earn anything off a of W-2. The worst thing they could do is earn money off a of W-2. They're earning money different ways than that. Okay, they're either doing buy, borrow, die, and they're spending uh, cash from loans. They're doing, um, they're taking money as a dividend distribution in a limited partnership or from a C corporation or whatever. They're not doing this kind of thing. They're, they're not, I mean, they're not doing the kind of thing that falls into this category. Okay, trust me. Okay, I mean, I don't even need to know any of them to know that. Okay, I mean, obviously, there are people who do. Uh, move in those circles and do understand how wealthy people do this. They've published a lot of information about it, and that's the basis that I've that I've used to, to create some of these podcasts and tell you guys about this. So, anyway, guys. So, so the wrap up there is I got I got the word back from the law firm on the Triple Threat Limited Partnership. I'm going to reach back out to them. The outcome of all that I will definitely document in a future podcast, probably next week, sometime, maybe the week after. Depends on when I you know finally talk to them. Uh, but I will let you guys know how that goes and, and, and what the deal is with that, whether it's applicable or not or advantageous or not. But anyway, guys, so that kind of wraps it up. I think we covered everything. You know, Biden tax plan, 50 cent, buy, borrow, die, 50. Need to get a new tax advisor, man, um, if you're really paying that amount of money. Absolute shame if you're actually paying 60% tax. I mean, no excuse for that. You definitely got bad advice if you're doing that. And I really doubt that he is, guys. But anyway, so I uh, really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, try to get this one under 30 minutes. Um, we'll, we'll try to be back tomorrow. I've got some updates going for uh, for you guys on the affiliate marketing and the Shopify store and all that kind of stuff. So we'll probably cover those things tomorrow. Uh, but anyway, I hope you guys have a great Thursday heading into the weekend. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, can't thank you enough. Uh, follow me over on Twitter at CJ Anastasio, uh, Facebook at Christopher Anastasio LLC. And once again, guys, super appreciate the support, uh, the listenership, the, you know, the, the liking, the sharing, all that kind of stuff. Hope everybody has a great one. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.